So too, we met with some drug users in the waiting room and heard their stories about not only how drugs are perceived in society, but themselves as well as drug users as people. In this episode, we visit the most feared step for Jude in the process of visiting her GP, the receptionist. You feel a sense of judgment? We touched on that. Yeah, and, and look, absolutely. And they're the gatekeeper to, you know, the, the demigod. So you... If they don't, um, if they take a disliking to you, it's you know hard to get appointments. Um, they're rude to you. They're dismissive of you. They won't make you appointments. They won't fax your script to the doctor because we're not allowed to take our scripts of methadone to the chemist. They have to to, to um, send them over by fax because they don't trust us. They think we'll put ten mils into two thousand mils and figure the pharmacist won't notice because we are that stupid. Um, and, and, you know, there's lots of data around um, the behaviour of gatekeeper um, receptionists in doctor surgeries and um, users complain about them regularly in our... We've got a discrimination survey. So uh, this isn't just a me and, and anecdotal. It's, you know, it's been proven time and time again that those nurses... Th- those people play a, 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 a um, substantial role in the discrimination that um, drug users feel going to the doctors. Jude's statement is loaded. And we're actually going to use this episode to unpack several of those themes that she raises, from the power given to receptionists, who don't necessarily have the sensitivity training to handle it, to the faxing of scripts. But first, let's meet a nice receptionist. Or maybe she's just that good. I just don't know anymore. I wouldn't say we're the gatekeepers. I would just say that... um yeah, I probably that's probably how they feel. But as receptionists, we don't. Yeah, I don't see myself as a gatekeeper. I just see myself as doing my job. Val is a mild-mannered receptionist who has been working at her current practice for ten years. We get the impression that Val might not be the gatekeeper that Jude has been referring to, but hoped that maybe, just maybe, knowing that a receptionist like Val exists might help Jude relax in knowing that her community is being looked out for, at least in this practice. Surely, though, this is just something that drug users experience. Kim asks Brian, not his real name, what he thinks. Brian is a pharmacist with over 20 years of experience who deals with drug users and, it seems, receptionists. Brian chuckles at the mention of the term gatekeeper. That is one of the, the biggest <laughs> issues for drug users is they feel like the receptionists yes. are the gatekeepers. Yes. yes, they are and they know it. And they take pride in it. I, the uh, receptionists, I think, in general, see it as their responsibility to make sure people can't see it, doctor. So, so you would you, you're you're agreeing with um, the chats that we've had that that show that's one of their biggest stresses. That absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there is a look. A, 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 practice. I think of one where there's a, a significant number of doctors who have not specialised, but have an interest in this area and do try and help people. Uh, I can think of other practices where you can say to someone a week or two weeks in advance, you need a new prescription on such and such a date, and they say, oh, I can't get into the doctor before then. The receptionist won't, can't, can't, won't, doesn't want to make an appointment. So who are these receptionists? The all-seeing, all-knowing? Jude talks about her experience and how her attempts at passing 
rarely get past a receptionist. Judging you accordingly. Absolutely, because they've got our records. They, have, they know who we are and they, they've picked us as soon as we've walked in the door. And have you ever actually, literally, when you've been waiting there with your Medicare card, n- noticed a shift from the person that they've just... Oh, absolutely, yes. Oh, yeah, their eyes. You know, sometimes they sort of like quiver like, you know. <laughs> yes, you do notice because there's this immediate um, shutting down. And how does that make you feel? I don't care anymore. What if you see it happening to an 18 I don't like, I get angry then. I, oh, absolutely, yeah, no. Uh, well, you've got to be careful. You can't, um, you know, because he's got to have a relationship with this woman. You've, you've got to be absolutely better than a, you know, a general in a battle, strategising about the best way to play that person so I can get to see my doctor. Kim brings up the concept of the receptionist as the gatekeeper with David, our GP from Darlinghurst, to get his perspective. Well, we... Being in Darlinghurst, I mean, we're, we're very used to diversity in our practice and we only employ staff who respect um, the diversity of people's um, sexuality, um, drug use and um, we're used to people presenting and some unusual people. Um, but we hope that everyone gets treated fairly. So this means that everyone, whether they're using drugs or not, will have the same... Um, rights to make appointments, to be seen on time um, and to be treated properly. Um, our, many of our staff have worked in this, in, around the Darlinghurst area for many years and they um, understand um, the anxieties people have and will make a big effort to try and help people get in an emergency appointment, for instance, if their um, prescription is due and things like that. One of the common stories we heard was around receptionists not being equipped for confrontation with an angry patient. Now, in this case, I use the term patient rather than drug user specifically. Jude had shared with us previously that tired housewives with sick children also seem to fall into the same category. Surely this is not the normal day we've been seeking. Yesterday when we talked also among your community, you talked about the drug users that are angry and that you have seen users in a, a doctor's surgery that have been waiting, you know, for an hour and a half, approach the receptionists and, and they're angry. They know it's not right, but that's what they've seen and that's what they do. They talk loud when they want something. And um, these little um, receptionists can get intimidated and I don't blame them. But underneath that, there's this story about drug users being um, just blowing off for no reason. It's, there's always a reason. The reason mightn't be you then, but that person's had a six-hour day of people just being cruel, rude, dismissive and um, negating. And then you're the last straw in that day. And that's not good for you, but you're working in a doctor's surgery where you're getting all sorts of people with all sorts of problems. You should know to lower your voice. You don't yell on top of someone who's... And they don't. They, the, the reception starts this bloody yelling match and then it gets put down to the poor bloody drug user for causing a commotion when, really, they've been sitting there for an hour and a half. They just want to know something and you're not telling them anything. So do you think the receptionists are unskilled in dealing with some... Unskilled and, some, and malicious in some... T- yeah, but sometimes unskilled. But there's, there's, a, there's a group in the middle that are just bloody malicious. Val explains to us that the patients they get in the clinic are diverse... They see a lot of HIV patients and a lot of families too. They service the whole community. The doctors tend to spend over the allocated appointment time with, well, everybody. Patients can get agitated and shout at the receptionist. The receptionist get nervous and shout back. And, well, Kim puts it pretty well. So it's a bit like a Mexican standoff there on one side of the desk. 
saying, hey, I'm anxious and scared, and you're on the other side of the desk yeah. saying you're anxious and scared. Do you, do, do you think sometimes drug users don't realise that? Yes. Yeah. I think they... Uh, because in their mind it's like... They're trying to say, well, I'm not important enough for this doctor to, you know, and this is not, it's not like that. It's not just about getting a script. It's, it's about your health. And they have to ask the correct questions. Jude, as always, sums up nicely. Well, given the statistics, it's highly likely that somebody in your close family is going to be um, struggling with some issues at some stage around prohibition and the drugs that they choose. So treat us the way you treat them and that doesn't mean you have to take shit from people like if drug users are behaving like assholes tell them you know they're not special and they shouldn't behave like assholes but understand that occasionally their world is really difficult all right so we've gotten an appointment we know there is going to be a wait and we're not going to cause a scene now let's delve into the final interaction with the receptionist getting the script faxed earlier we heard jude's view of the faxing of scripts the feeling that there isn't any trust. Let's hear from David again. Uh, this is all, um, it's a requirement from the government. Um, I mean, the government actually specifies a lot of very strict rules about um, pharmacists and doctors, what they have to do. And quite often, actually, we, we bend the rules that, that we are asked to follow to try and make the program more humane and to fit in more with people's lives. And... Um, we sometimes feel we are a bit caught between the government uh, regulations and people's needs. Okay, so they have to do it. Here we explore the control or responsibility then that the receptionist holds, whether they know it or not, along with the consequences. Often a patient will want the script faxed while they are there to ensure it happens, only to be told it will happen at the end of the day. Kim picks up on the focus of the receptionist's responsibility to fax the prescriptions, and the anxiety that can cause for drug users. It's really important that they do it. And, it, you know, it's, it's happened that the scripts have been withheld by receptionists who, you know, p- have a particular, you know, vendetta against somebody. They so be, we'll do that at the end of the day? Or not do it, do it the next morning. Patient, patient turns up, methadone script's not through, can't get the methadone, and then they wonder why they get yelled at. And so they also haven't realised that by doing that, they've possibly forced somebody onto the street. Oh, they don't care. See, this is about the, the, the dehumanising of drug users. They don't even care. And you, I'm seeing in your eyes, you truly believe that. Oh, absolutely, because how else could it happen? You know, it's not as though it's not known, it's not talked about, but I don't think people even put it together. You're just that person, I'm doing this, and they don't, I don't think they sometimes take it to to its conclusion, which can be with with that person's death. Val explains that they have a policy in her practice where they always give a copy to the patient and try to fax the original as soon as they have a spare moment. For her, it's not about keeping scripts until the end of the day. We give them a copy, we'll send the scripts, and if there's a problem, they're always welcome to call and we always have another copy. We can get another doctor, if the doctor's not in, to see them or to refax the scripts. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. What this boils down to, though, is the concept of discrimination discussed in episode two, behaviour based on a stereotype. It was troubling to hear in a discussion we had with Dr Lincoln, one of the GPs that we interviewed, that he thought receptionists were a bit dismissive or short or sometimes even hostile. Especially, he said, if they get it into their head that the patient is using the system to obtain what their desire for a drug might be. 
just treat everyone the same. Like, you don't have to, don't assume that just because someone's a drug user, they're there to doctor shop, you know, get other medications or I don't know what they think, honestly. Like, people are people to me. According to the AVIL report into experiences of stigma and discrimination, people who inject drugs in particular can be very vulnerable to adopting the negative stereotypes that society inflicts upon them. This can frequently mean that people stop recognising when they are experiencing stigma and discrimination. It becomes normalised and almost expected or considered as a legitimate or deserved behaviour. The first person that a drug user sees when they step hesitantly into that doctor's surgery is the receptionist. What's our GP, Dr Lincoln, doing about it? Another part of my role, I suppose, is to tune my nurses and... Well, not my nurses, but the staff of the clinic... Um, and, and the receptionist, that um, there needs to be a real uh, welcoming aspect to our, uh, our patients and a real a bedside manner starts not at the side of the bed, it starts at the front desk. So that's the kind of message I like to get through to the staff of the clinic, yeah. In this episode, we got to take a look behind the front desk at the receptionist. Are they privy to too much information? Or are they just doing their jobs? In some instances, we had great stories filled with empathy. And on the flip side, we had cases of too much power and not enough experience or empathy to wield it. One concept that was explored and identified as an area for potential development is that of the receptionist as the first point of contact. A patient's experience doesn't start with a GP. It starts at the front desk. This first line is an opportunity to work towards better understanding and reducing discrimination. In the next episode, we'll talk about making it through the waiting room, past the receptionist, and into the GP's inner sanctum, a place of confidentiality, free of judgment. Well, for most of us who have little more than an ingrown toenail to worry about. What's going through Jude's head at the moment? Probably, oh fuck, it's come again because they're every three months and... um. You know, and, and after 25 years, methadone is just so much a part of me and who I am that going to see a doctor just seems like um, an intrusion. Summertime just comes around once a year, boy. Summertime just comes around once a year. And if the sun is shining, don't you be inside crying? Because summertime just comes around once a year, boy.